Hey everybody, welcome to the End of the Bench podcast. Today we're going to talk about all of the things that happened in the NFL playoff first round wild card. And it wasn't very exciting for most of it, to be truthfully honest. A lot of the games were blowouts and I think a stat was that there was no second half lead changes in any of the games, which was very surprising. But some of the games turned out really well, while others turned out very lopsided. I'm going to start out with the lopsided games, starting with the Bills versus Patriots. The Bills didn't punt, they didn't attempt a field goal, and they also had no turnovers. They were dominant throughout this game. The final score was 47 to 17. Josh Allen probably had one of the best games of his career, 21 to 25, 308 yards, five touchdowns. His rating was 157.6. Doesn't get much better than that. The run game was effective as well. Devin Singletary had 16 carries, 81 yards, two touchdowns. But I don't really want to focus on the Bills too much right now. I want to go over to the Patriots. They have a lot of players with a lot of playoff experience thinking about how successful they've been in the past. But their quarterback, Mac Jones, did not have that much further experience in the playoff. I understand he played in the national championship for Alabama. Yes, that's a big accomplishment, but it's not the same as a NFL playoff game against competition that's just as good as you. Mac Jones went 24 for 38, 232 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions, and had a rating of 75. The two interceptions don't worry me that much because one of them was a tip-off of his own player's hands and kind of wasn't his fault, which has happened a lot this year for him. But their run game was very ineffective. Damian Harris had nine carries for 30 yards. Stevenson had eight for 27, which is the complete opposite of the last time they played Buffalo in cold weather. The receiving court was led by Kendrick Bourne, Jacoby Myers. And I think a real reason why this game kind of got out of hand was Nelson Aguilar never got in the game. But also the defense struggled, and a guy who's been doing really good for them all season and Matt Judon had one tackle, and that is something that has not been seen out of him very recently. The person on the defense who definitely had the best game was probably either Devin McCourty or JC Jackson, who both had pretty good games, but the secondary did let up a lot of yards and catches and even the running game was still effective, so even the D-line struggled. So I think it's an all-around defensive effort New England did not New England did not play to the level that they're normally playing to, especially in games like against Jacksonville when they held them to 10 points. And the offense at the same time was not as explosive. So I think this was a combination of a bad game by the New England Patriots and a good game by the Buffalo Bills. And I want to give credit especially to Josh Allen but as well to Josh Allen's weapons in Dawson Knox and Stefan Diggs, who did great this game. Next, I want to go to the second biggest blowout in my eyes, which was the Steelers-Chiefs game. The Steelers played okay. The Chiefs came out to an early lead and never really let Pittsburgh back in the game. Ben Roethlisberger had about the game you'd expect with 29-44, 215 yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions, which is pretty good, but he just wasn't like... He's not a explosive player anymore. He's kind of that run in the mill, sit in the pocket, throw a five-yard slant every time kind of guy. 
Now, the reason why Pittsburgh can never get going is that the Kansas City Chiefs defense held Najee Harris to 29 total yards of rushing and also negative one yard receiving. So he had a total yardage of 28 yards, which out of Najee Harris is very unseen because he's been playing to a phenomenal level this year as a top 10 running back in the NFL. The Steelers deserve all the credit for this game because Pittsburgh didn't play bad by any means. Najee Harris had times where he could have taken off, but the Kansas City defense did great, especially Snead and Frank Clark and other guys like Hughes too. All of those guys participated in that defense and it wasn't just a one-man show of oh this guy's locking everyone down it's a there's 11 people to the ball every time which is always one of the biggest things you want in the nfl this the chiefs on the other hand their offense was just about as explosive as they have been all year 30 of 39 patrick mahomes was for 404 yards five touchdowns with one interception which doesn't really matter the rushing game wasn't truly there they had um mckinnon Jarek McKinnon at their running back one. He had 12 carries, 61 yards, which is five yards of carry. So if you're handing the ball off to a third string running back that's getting you five yards of carry, that's a successful running game in my eyes. Travis Kelsey had his normal five receptions, 108 yards and touchdown. McKinnon also was very involved in the receiving game with six receptions, 81 yards and a touchdown. Tyreek Hill didn't have many catches and a lot of yards. He had five receptions for 57 yards and a touchdown. And then there is the best wide receiver on the entire Chiefs team, guard, Nick Allegheny. He had one catch for one yard and a touchdown. I always love when they get the offensive line involved in the passing game. I think it adds a new dynamic to offenses. And I think in this case, it was very helpful to the Kansas City offense to have all their weapons run out and it's their guard that's catching the touchdown pass. Moving on to the next game that wasn't as exciting, but was a good push for this NFC team, the Buccaneers-Eagles. 31-15, to the Buccaneers won this game. And for how many pieces the Buccaneers have lost over the last couple of weeks, for Tom Brady to throw for 271 yards, two touchdowns, and have a very consistent game with his weapons being Mike Evans and then Rob Gronkowski, of course, but then Giovanni Bernard, Chris Bray, OJ Howard, Scotty Miller. Those aren't guys that were big contributors into the Super Bowl game. And those are guys that aren't your run of the mill Chris Godwins and Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones Jr. even. The running back, Vaughn, had 17 carries, 53 yards, and a touchdown, which is helpful. And especially Giovanni Bernard, who also contributed 13 carries, 44 yards, and a touchdown. When you have two guys in the backfield that are getting about three yards of carry, you have a decent run game that can get you yards when you need it. And Mike Evans was just dominant with his nine receptions, 117 yards in a touchdown, and he had 10 targets on those nine receptions, so he only missed the connection one time. And I think Tom Brady knows what he's looking for when he's looking for Mike Evans. He can throw 50-50 balls, he can slot routes to him, and he can also throw deep routes. And whatever he needs from Mike Evans, Mike Evans can usually contribute to what that is. Had 16 yards on 7 carries, and his long was 14, so he had 2 rushing yards besides a 1-14-yard run. Dallas Goddard was the leading receiver for the Philadelphia Eagles with 6 receptions, 92 yards. 
Devontae Smith had four receptions for 60 yards, while Gainwell had five receptions for 49 yards in the, the lone touchdown that Jalen Hurts threw that day. I think where the credit should be given to the Buccaneers is definitely their defense. Their defense played well, especially for having a lot of pieces missing in the secondary um, from early season injuries and stuff like that. Antoine Winfield is definitely an addition that's nice to have back with his one sack, one tackle for loss, three solo tackles, and five total tackles. Devin White, on the other hand, had five tackles, three of them were which were solo. He had one pressure on the quarterback, and he had three QB hits. But the defensive player of the day was definitely Mike Edwards, who was the safety who had nine tackles, a tackle for loss. But he did have one penalty, which was a little blemish on his great game. But all around, the Buccaneers defense just played very well. Another guy in Levante David who played pretty well in securing that two linebackers for the Buccaneers, which has been good for the past couple years, especially in their Super Bowl year, that core of linebackers was very good. Now moving on to a more exciting game that also had a lot of defensive power into it was the Rams Cardinals. This was played on Monday night, which was the first Monday night wildcard game in NFL history. The best way to describe this game is giving you the stat that Kyler Murray had 137 passing yards and Odell Beckham had 40 passing yards. Now, Odell Beckham, if you don't know, is a wide receiver and he had about a quarter of the passing yards that a MVP candidate in the early season of Kyler Murray had. Other than that, it just got worse from there because Kyler Murray threw two terrible interceptions, one of which was just kind of a heave up out of the end zone for not a safety, giving the Rams seven points instead of two, which was a stupid mistake on his part, which he should have probably been smarter about. The run game was very ineffective. Edmonds had 28 yards and Connor had 19. And other than that, there was nothing else that was really happening there. Their leading receiver was Christian Kirk with 51 yards. I think what hurts this team a lot is the absence of DeAndre Hopkins. I think without Hopkins, there's no big threat in the receiving game that people have to contribute to so they can put their number one cornerbacks on people like Christian Kirk who aren't going to do anything against cornerback. Their defense did okay compared to how they've done all season. They were a pretty highly ranked defense early in the season. But the Rams offense lit them up. Matt Stafford won his first playoff game. And the same as Odell Beckham. This is their first ever playoff win, which is uh, kudos to them. That's really impressive. Matt Stafford had 202 yards, two touchdowns. Odell Beckham had his 40-yard pass, which was a great thing to watch. It was just, it was a fun game. This, the rushing game, Sony Michelle had 58 yards and Cam Akers came back with uh, 55 yards contributing to that. Odell Beckham had four receptions for 54 yards and a touchdown and Cooper Cup had his five for 61 yards and a touchdown. Now, I think, again, just like the Buccaneers game, the real MVP of this game was either Hecker who is the Los Angeles Rams punter who had a phenomenal game and has not been recognized as much as I think he should be, or their defense, because their defense had all the pieces working at the right time. Von Miller had a great game. Robinson had a great game. Aaron Darnold wasn't 
as productive as he usually is, but Jalen Ramsey was there too. And all around, their defense just did great. And with the pick six and a lot of other mistakes that they turned around on the Rams to turn into points, which led to the final score of 34-11 Los Angeles. Now getting into some of the more fun games, I'm going to start with the raiders Bengals. The raiders Bengals ended 26-19. This is the Bengals' first playoff win in about 30 years. Joe Burrow for a second-year quarterback, which I think a lot of people forget, had an amazing game. 244 yards, two touchdowns. I know that doesn't sound like a great stat, but you have to realize that Joe Burrow is this second-year quarterback that's had no playoff experience, and he has people like Jamar Chase, who also have no playoff experience, who's a rookie, and those are the two leaders of that team. And to have a rookie-leading core of your offense, it's impressive to get a win over a Raiders team that also doesn't have much experience but can surprise some people sometimes. And they almost got surprised by the Raiders. Derek Carr definitely didn't have a super efficient game with 310 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. Josh Jacobs had 83 yards, which was good to have for the team. Darren was the leading receiver with seven receptions, 76 yards, no touchdowns. But Hunter Renfro had eight catches for 58 yards. And then Jones, who kind of sparked at the end of the season, had five catches, 61 yards, which was Especially nice to have that third wide receiver in your core that can do something for you. Both defensive played decently well, allowing only some big plays. It was the Cincinnati defense that ended the game for the win in the playoffs. Because on fourth and goal, Derek Carr passed it in the red zone, mind you. And it was intercepted at the Cincinnati two-yard line. And this sealed the game. And if this was scored, it would have gave the Raiders a chance at overtime and overtime can be a scary place for teams like the Bengals who don't have much experience and might kind of it's hard to say how they would play with the Raiders on the other hand they've had a little bit more experience in the playoffs with veteran players like Derek Carr and Darren Waller's been around the league for a while they might have had the upper hand in that extra time so I think the Bills got bailed out by their defense, but I, I don't want to use the word bailed out because the offense played well enough to where they deserve to win this game. And I think that they can go a long way in the playoffs, especially with their next week matchup. Finally, to finish off the playoffs, the Cowboys 49ers game. This was the only game that was an upset. You can maybe say that the Cardinals-Rams game was an upset, but I think most people thought that the Rams were going to win. The 49ers won this game 23-17. Dallas overall just did not play very well, and they didn't really turn it on until the fourth quarter anyways. But Jimmy Garoppolo only had 172 yards and an interception, but Elijah Mitchell with 96 yards and a touchdown, as well as Debo Samuel with 72 yards and a touchdown, both rushing. Debo Samuel didn't contribute as much in the receiving game with three catches for 38 yards, but I think they wanted to make their running game more dominant today in this game because they didn't pass the ball as much, only 25 times 
And the Cowboys, on the other hand, had Dak Prescott throwing 43 passes, and he only completed 23 of those for 254 yards, a touchdown, and an interception, which isn't a good rating for a player like Dak Prescott. Ezekiel Elliott only had 31 yards, which was terrible. And Dalton Schultz was their leading receiver with seven receptions, 89 yards. CeeDee Lamb only had one catch for 21 yards. And I think that this explosive offense was held to a point that they haven't been all season because the San Francisco defense came prepared. And I think Dallas kind of looked over to San Francisco, which probably wasn't good on their part because now they're out of the playoffs and San Francisco is moving on. But a main thing that I want to talk about at the end of the game, a controversial a controversial ending, as I'm going to call it. The Cowboys ran Dak Prescott for about 20 yards to get to about the 30-yard line. Dak Prescott gives his center the ball, and they put down the ball, but then the ref runs in the way, grabs the ball, and then tries to replace it. And by the time that Dak Prescott can spike it, the game's already expired. I know a lot of people were mad about this, but the ref always has to move the ball and place it before you can run a play. So I don't think that the refereeing crew was in the wrong here. I think that Dak and his comments after the game about fans throwing trash at the refs was a little crude and unneeded. And I think that he should be punished for that because what the referees did was just what their job is. Now, moving on from that game, I want to talk about what next week is going to look like in the playoffs and how that might turn out and maybe some predictions about that. The NFL is getting to a point where any team can be any team. So I wouldn't be surprised to maybe see another upset like we saw this week. Because San Francisco at Green Bay, I think Green Bay has that game locked up only because of their high-powered offense, which we also said about the Cowboys and look how that turned out. But I think that with a more veteran quarterback in Aaron Rodgers, I think he has enough playoff experience to take that team and win the game. titans Bengals, I can 100% see the Bengals upsetting the Titans. I believe that the Bengals will upset the Titans. And I think that the Bengals are going to move on, even though the Titans have played very well all year. That loss of Derrick Henry is really going to start hurting him about now because when you have an offense like the Bengals have that can really expose defenses, I think they're going to expose the Titans' defense and win that game. Los Angeles Buccaneers, this is a rematch of earlier in the season, which LA won. And with the way that LA played against the Cardinals, I can see LA winning this game. And also the Buccaneers have lost a lot of weapons in Chris Godwin and Leonard Fournette. And I think that the Rams are going to move on to the next round in this one. And finally, the Chiefs-Bills game. This is also a rematch of last year's AFC Championship where the Bills lost narrowly. And I think that with all of those thoughts behind, I think the Bills will make this game close and I think they are seeking revenge. But the Chiefs have such a good offense and also at this point, a good defense. I think that the Chiefs are going to win this game and it's not going to be by a lot, but only just a couple of points. That's going to do it for the End of the Bench podcast. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for Sunday morning episode.